And uh, I could never say thank you enough for uh, all that you all do. I appreciate my wife for putting all that together and thanking each one individually. That's really, really good. And uh, But I'm so thankful for all that you do and all the time that you that you give to the Lord here at, at, uh, at Summit Church. And so we recognize you, we appreciate you. Um, now, in Mark the ninth chapter, we're going to find out who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of God, you know. Mark nine thirty three. Jesus comes to Capernaum. He was in the house. He asked his disciples, what were you arguing about on the road? And they kept silent on the road. They had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. His disciples argued about that a lot. Not just this time, but they argued about that a lot. Who was the greatest? And uh, he sat down, he called the twelve and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, or if anyone desires to be great, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Servant of all. Servant of all. When God looks at who is the greatest, he does not look at it the way the world looks at it. God looks at things totally different than the way the world looks at it. In fact, God looks at things just the opposite of the way the world looks at it. He does not look, God does not look at who is in the limelight or who is famous. Did you know fame in almost every instance is a curse? Do you know that? I said fame in almost every instance is a curse. If you look at the people that are famous in the world's eyes, almost without exception, those people have a downfall somewhere. And if you even look at it among ministers who become quote-unquote famous, almost without exception, there's some exceptions, but almost without exception, those people have problems in their lives and, and great disaster and things like that. Not all of them, but most of them. But God does not look at who is in the limelight or who is famous. He looks at who is serving. That's who he looks at. To God, to be the greatest is the one who serves. And more particularly, he is looking at the one who serves freely, without pay or any compensation, and that's the volunteer. That's who is the greatest in the kingdom of God, is the volunteer. The one who serves freely without any pay or compensation. That is the one who is the greatest in the kingdom of God. You know that no significant ministry can happen apart from the volunteer. Jesus' ministry couldn't function properly without the volunteer. Jesus had paid staff members, but the majority of the people that worked with him, I'm convinced of it, were volunteers. Billy Graham crusades would never be possible in days gone by without the volunteers, the ushers and the choir. Joyce Meyer conferences, I know this firsthand, those would not happen. They would not happen, they wouldn't be if they didn't have the volunteers. You understand that? Now, there's a lot of paid people that, that work, 
But there's a lot of volunteers and people that volunteer. And those people that do those prison packets, those are volunteers. There may be a couple of paid people in there that are overseeing it. But the majority of those people that I know anything about are volunteers. And you and I couldn't name probably almost any of them that go there and volunteer at Joyce Meyer. But God knows who every one of them are. And they're great to God. Did you hear me? And churches, I don't care what church it is, can't function. Any, Any church called by God cannot function properly without volunteers. And so acknowledging and thanking volunteers is a very scriptural thing. This is something the Apostle Paul did on numerous occasions as the Spirit of God used him to pen nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. You have to realize this. The Spirit of God was on Paul and he penned nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. And in the midst of the Spirit of God moving on him as he wrote, so many times he did just what my wife did up here. As Think about it. As he's writing the Bible now, the Spirit of God moves on him just as he moved on my wife a moment ago to acknowledge volunteers. It's so very scriptural. Just imagine you know, the Spirit of God coming on somebody to write the Bible And in the midst of that writing, time and time again, he acknowledges the people that helped him and his volunteers. And today I just want to take a few minutes and look at some of Paul's volunteers, especially some of the ones most people have never heard of. If you look at Romans 16 verse 1, Romans 16 verse 1, notice this if you would, Romans 16 1, I commend you Phoebe, we don't talk much about her. But Paul knew who she was. Our sister, who is a servant. Notice that word servant of the churches in Centuria. Uh, Servant. That just said that she's great in the eyes of God. We could read it like this. Phoebe, our sister, who is great in the eyes of God. Why? Because she served the 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 church in Centuria there, you know. That you may receive her in the Lord in a matter worthy of saints. And assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. Priscilla and Aquila. Who risk their own necks for my life. Notice that. Risk their own necks for my life. To whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Verse 6. Greet Mary, who labored much for us. Verse 9, Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ. Verse 12, Tryphena and Tryphosa, who have labored in the Lord. Greet the beloved Persis, who labored much in the Lord. Notice what Paul's doing under the, the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He's acknowledging volunteers and people that assisted him in ministry notice in colossians the fourth chapter and the seventh verse colossians the fourth chapter and the seventh verse colossians the fourth chapter and the seventh verse tychicus now tychicus traveled ahead of paul and prepared places for his arrival See, Paul had an advance team, somebody who would go ahead of him and get things ready for him before he got there to minister. 
And here in verse 7, he says, Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. Servant in the Lord. Now, he just told us that Tychicus was great in the eyes of God. Why? Because he was a servant, a volunteer, no doubt. Verse 11, he talks about justice. Justice. These are my only... Tychicus and Justice are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. That just means they were Jews who became Christians. Notice they have proved to be a what? A comfort to me. A comfort to me. Thank God every pastor, every minister is thankful for those people who assist them and are a comfort to them. Notice in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 16, verse 17. 1 Corinthians, chapter 16, verse 17. 1 Corinthians, chapter 16, verse 17. He says, I'm glad about the coming of Stephanus, Forchanus, and Achius. Most people have never heard of them, even though they're in the Bible. Stephanus, Forchanus, and Achius. Never heard of them, most people. But yet, the Holy Spirit has Paul pointing these men out, these people out. For what was, now what, watch this, for what was lacking on your part, they supplied. It's interesting as you study the life of the Apostle Paul, he never had all the volunteers that he needed. He never had all the volunteers that he needed. For what was lacking on your part, they supplied. He never had all of the volunteers that he needed. He could have used more. But thank God for the ones that he did have. And in verse 18, for they re- notice what they did. They refreshed my spirit. They refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, see what, what the Bible says here? Acknowledge such men. See, when my wife was standing up here a moment ago under the spirit of God, acknowledging you all. See, see that God approves of that and he wants that done from time to time. Acknowledge such people, people who are great in the kingdom of God, people who serve and most people don't ever know who they even are, but God knows. Notice in Philippians, the second chapter and the 25th verse, Philippians, the second chapter and the 25th verse. Notice yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow work, you know, brother in Christ, fellow worker, and fellow soldier. But your messenger and the one who ministered, notice this, ministered to my need. See, Paul had a need. Every pastor has a need. Every church has a need. And the people that meet that need, sometimes they're paid staff members. Often they are, but, but, but I tell you what, for every one paid staff member that there is, there's, you need oodles and gobs of volunteers, you see. And, and, and notice he had a need, Paul had a need, and Epaphroditus ministered to that need. No doubt a volunteer. Verse 26, since he was longing for you all and was distressed because he, uh, it, and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. Epaphroditus was sick. 
We're going to find out why here in a moment. For indeed he was sick almost to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Paul was thankful here that he didn't die. One thing, and I'll tell you as a pastor... As you look at the, I've been doing this 17 years, as you look at the big picture and all the people that you deal with, by comparison, you have just a few people that you can really, really count on. There's just a few people that are really, really faithful when you look at it in the big picture. And one thing's for sure, those faithful people that you have those people that minister to your need, you certainly don't want them to die young. Can you say amen? Did you get what I just said? It's hard enough. The Bible says that God has a hard time finding a faithful person. And and when a pastor, a, a church finds a faithful person, you don't want them to die young. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? And Paul did not want Epaphroditus to die young because he needed him. He needed him, you see, because he ministered to his need. And then verse 27, we'll read it. For indeed he was sick almost to death, but God had mercy on him and not only on him, but also on me. What what does it mean? But also on me. Paul can't afford to lose this man. Lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I send him the more eagerly that when you see him again, you may rejoice and I may be less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness and hold. Now, here it is again. Hold such men in esteem. There again, what my wife did just a moment ago, you know, on behalf of me, she was holding you all in esteem. And that's scriptural to do. And then it tells us in verse 30 why he was close to death because for the work of Christ he came close to death he was working you know you can you can serve thank god for serving in the local church but you you can serve so much that you can wear yourself out but why did he wear himself out why did he not regard his life to supply what was lacking in your service toward me see the reason epaphroditus was overworked is because not everybody was stepping up to the plate and volunteering as they should did you hear that so paul didn't have all the volunteers he needed and 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 here's a man that he had to work extra hard because not everybody was volunteering and doing what they were supposed to be doing and when that happens the the people that are really faithful and dedicated they're gonna start filling their plate more full than they should and volunteering in more areas than they can humanly possibly volunteer in. And you see, when people don't step up to the plate and volunteer as they should, then the other people that are, you know, having to do two and three things, they begin to wear down. And in some cases, they can work themselves to the point where, like in Epaphroditus' case, he, he, he almost dies young, you see. See, we all have a part to play. We all need to step up to the plate and do what it is God wants us to do. He has something for everybody to do in a local church. I've said this for years, since, since we first started 17 years or more now, 17 years ago. If you, listen to me, if you are not serving, I, people get mad at me 
over this. But that's, this is the word of the Lord. If you are not volunteering, serving, volunteering somewhere in a local church, you are out of the will of God. Did you hear me? I said, you cannot possibly be in the will of God if you're not attending regularly a local church and serving in some capacity. Did you hear me? That's just the way it is. And so we're so thankful and grateful for all the ones that have uh, volunteered here and, and continue to and serve here. Right now, we could, need, we, we could use some help in the nursery and the children's ministry. We could really uh, use some help there. So if the Lord lays that upon your heart, volunteer and get involved. Look at Colossians 4, verse 12. Look at Colossians 4, verse 12. Have you ever, ever heard of Epaphras? Epaphras. Not many people's heard of Epaphras. You've heard of Timothy. You've heard of Titus. You've heard of Barnabas. You've heard of Mark. You've heard of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, you've heard of these people, but Epaphras, not many people have ever heard of him, yet he's in the Bible. Notice Colossians 4 and 12. Colossians 4 and 12. Epaphras who is one of you, a bond servant. Now he just told us that Epaphras is great in the kingdom of God because he's a servant. Notice this, Epaphras, a bond servant of Christ, greets you always laboring. Now watch what he did. Always laboring fervently for you in what? In, in prayers. That you may stand perfect and complete in, in all the will of God. Here's a, 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 here's a person who volunteered in prayer and prayed and prayed regularly and fervently labored in prayer. Every church to be all that it can be for God must have a prayer ministry within it. And uh, prayer is like an engine in a car. An engine in a car, you don't really ever see the engine, but you know the car won't go very far without the engine. Is that right? And, and so prayer is like an engine in a car. And, and, and I'm thankful for the people who pray around here that, that have volunteered in that capacity. And uh, we're grateful for you and we thank you. Just like Paul was thankful for Epaphras who labored fervently on a regular basis in prayers. I'm thank, thank, thankful for the people who pray around here on a regular, ongoing basis for this church, for this ministry, for, the, for me and for my wife and for the people of this church. Now, in 2 Timothy, the first chapter in the 15th verse, 2 Timothy, the first chapter in the 15th verse, Onesiphorus, let's look at him, Onesiphorus, you've probably never heard of him, 2 Timothy 1 verse 15, now we'll get to him in a minute, but look at this, Verse 15, this you know, that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermonogens, or however you want to say that. Hermogenes, however you want to say that, okay? But, but here, here's the point. Notice Paul says, all those in Asia have turned away from me. And then he mentions two people's names. Now, look at this. All those, and I really want you to pay attention here. All those in Asia have turned away from me. Did Paul have oodles and gobs of people turn away from him? Oodles 
and gobs. And he mentions two of them here. Did you ever think what the Apostle Paul could have accomplished if all those assigned to him would have remained faithful to him in serving the Lord and stuck with him and continued to help him? Can you imagine the greater work that could have been accomplished? But alas, they did not. And then there's another scripture, we won't turn to it, but Paul says, it's a very sad scripture in the Bible, he says, Demas has forsaken me. Demas was a fellow worker with Paul, someone that served right by Paul's side, but he says of Demas, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. See, Demas loved the world and the things that were in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And he left the apostle Paul, walked away from him to go back out into the world. That's sad, isn't it? But you need to realize that Paul had oodles and gobs of people, many, many of them, that that volunteered and, and worked by his side, walk away from him and leave him. But look at verse 16. The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus. For he often, what did he often do for Paul? He often what? Refreshed him, didn't he? He didn't often cause him problems. He often refreshed Paul. And was not ashamed of my chain. That means that Paul was a prisoner, you know. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day, you know, the day of judgment. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. So this was a person, Onesiphorus, that most people have never heard of, yet he's in the Bible. But Paul knew good and well who he was. He was a person that sought Paul out, found him, refreshed him, and ministered to him in many ways. And Paul, I'm sure I know, he was grateful for Onesiphorus. Now here's, I want you to listen to this. You know, Paul, like all of us, as I said a moment ago, had people forsake him and walk away from him. Did you know Jesus had many walk away from him? Jesus could gather the largest crowds. But you'd also see Jesus at times where people walked away from him by the droves. Did you know one time Jesus got down to 12 people left following him? And one of them was Judas Iscariot. Did you ever think about that? And here's what I want to say right now, and I want you to listen to this. Paul, he mentioned the people that were faithful, and we just looked at some of them. We could look at many others, but we looked at some of them. He had people that ministered to him, and people that were volunteers in his ministry, and people that, 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 just, that, that didn't cause him problems, and people that, that, that remained with him for the long haul. But in comparison to the people that remained with him and remained faithful, there were oodles and gobs more. You know what I mean when I say oodles and gobs? How many knows what I mean by that? 
there were oodles and gobs more that walked away from him. So he had those people that were there with him faithful, but he had for every one of those that stayed with him over the long term faithful, he had oodles and gobs walk away from him. And, you know, one thing I notice about Paul, and it's been helpful to me, and I believe it'll be helpful to you, because you don't have to be a minister for somebody to walk away from you. How many has ever had people walk away from them over the years? And, you know, here's what I learned from the Apostle Paul. Did you notice, now we just said he had oodles and gobs walk away from him in comparison to the ones that remained faithful. But do you notice that of all those people that walked away from him, he only mentioned a couple of them, but he centered his time on those that remained with him and were faithful. Now, did you get what I just said? He did not center in on and concentrate on and 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 whine and go on or be hurt and and all of that over all the people that had walked away from him but rather what he did is he centered in on the people that remained faithful and stuck with him so he didn't spend much time thinking about Demas. I'm sure he prayed for him, but he didn't spend much time thinking about Demas. He didn't spend much time thinking about Phygelus or Hermogenes, these people that walked away. He mentioned them, and he just mentioned a few of the people that walked away from him, but, 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 but he mentions the oodles and the gobs of the people that stuck with him. He didn't center in on the people that walked away from him. He centered in on the people that remained with him and remained faithful for the long haul. Did, did you get that? And that's what we all need to do. That's what you need to do when somebody walks away from you or when somebody's been uh, 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 harmful to you or they've done something to you that, that uh, has hurt you. They walk away from you. They don't want to be your friend anymore. You know, it hurts you that you're just human. But but what you do is rather than 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 waste wasting your time pining over that person that walked away from you, spend your time thinking about the one that didn't walk away from you, the one that has remained faithful for the long haul. See, because the devil, he'll work and he'll work through thoughts and and he'll try to get you centering in on the people that have walked away and. In so doing, you, you can get down and beat down to the point where you just almost want to give up and quit. But, but then the Spirit of God will come in there and he'll start talking to you. And he'll say, hey, center in on, don't look at those people that, that have treated you poorly. Center in on the ones that have stuck with you and have remained faithful over all these years. And you'll start feeling better. Amen? I know that that I've had to learn this. I learned this from the Apostle Paul as I've spent time in the Word of God. And uh, and, and this is what, you you asked my wife, this is what what I do. Uh, And and I haven't always been perfect in it, but I'm getting better all the time. is, Is, you know, I've had people walk away from me over the years. I've had people that, 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 that have walked away from me for various and sundry reasons. But rather than center in on them and waste my time being distracted by them, you know what I do? I don't spend my time on them. I spend my time on 
the people who have stuck with us and have been faithful to what God has called us to do. And I got to thinking about it and I made a list here. And, and, and we went back to the, to the days of the school where we started this church at Rockwood Summit High School. And, uh, and rather than thinking about the people over the years who have walked away from me, I don't think about them. I think about people like Paul and Ruth Fonts. Amen. Amen. Praise God who came many years ago up at the school. Some of you may not even know who, who they are. Uh, but nonetheless, they're still with us to this present hour. And uh, I remember Paul. He came to me and he said to me, he said, the Lord said that we're going to be here for the duration. I didn't know what he meant by that. I said, you'll have to explain that to me. He said, well, we're going to be here until either the rapture takes place or we die, one or the other. Well, praise God. And he's made good on that. Amen. And Paul and Ruth, they've served in the helps ministry. They served in the altar ministry. They served in anything I needed done. He said, anything you need done, Pastor Terry, we'll take care of it. Amen. And so I don't spend my time thinking about the people that have walked away from me. I spend my time on the faithful people that have stuck with me. Praise God. Like Paul and a Ruth Fonts. Amen. Never caused me any problems over all these years. I don't think about those that have walked away from me. I think about people like Dan and Chris Bauer back there. Praise God. Who have been with us from the days of the school, you know. And I can remember uh, back in the school, one time I had somebody stand up and give a testimony. And I believe Chris stood up and said, we were praying for a church to start up in this school up here. Amen. Praise God. And God sent us to start that church. And they've been with us so faithful. I think of Dan Bauer. What a great man. A great, I mean a great man. I mean that man, I tell you what, I always see him positive. He sits on the back row back there. I, I always see him positive. I've never heard him say a bad word about anybody. He has never caused me one issue or one problem. But he has been a tremendous and a great blessing to this church and to this ministry. And a great encouragement to me me and he served from the days of Rockwood Summit High School all the way down to the present hour as, as an usher and, and in, in some other capacities and just what a great blessing uh, he has been, him and his wife, to me. I, I don't think about folks that have walked away from, I think about somebody like Joe and Lucia George over there that sit right over there. Praise God. They've been with us or they've actually started, Joe started as an usher in 1996 here at this church. He had served in another church prior, but then when the Lord directed him here in 96, he started as an usher. And then he and Lucia in children's church. And, and now he's on the worship team, plays the keyboard. And just a tremendous couple. And they've been just a tremendous blessing to me. I can still remember Joe on a Wednesday night. I, I, I don't know, this sticks in my mind. We had been bumped from Summit High School and we were over there at... Uh, uh, at Bowles School on this occasion, and it was in the cafeteria. And I remember we had all our sound equipment all over the floor there, and Joe came walking in, and I remember him stepping over some of those wires and cords, and he sat down, and, and he'd just been with us, and I, I don't know, he just wonderful man. I've never heard him say a bad word about anybody. He, he's an exemplary Christian and he's been, been an encouragement. Him and his wife, such an encouragement to me over all these years. And talking about getting bumped, I remember the first Christmas that we had Summit 
church, you know, we got bumped from, from the, the high school and we had to go to the Stratford Inn. And it was, uh, it was in December. It was like a Christmas service or whatever. And it was cold. It was like five degrees outside. And I remember uh, we got a room over there and, and they had messed up something over there and, and, and there was no heat. And it was, uh, it was horrible. And I remember the, I remember the, the people sitting there and they had like big ro- rolling recliner chairs in the back and some of the kids were rolling around on the recliner chairs while I was preaching, you know, and kind of a distraction, you know. And I remember, I don't know, but, but I remember Dan and Chris were there and, and if for some reason, Dan, he had his uh, top coat on and his scarf on, you know, and, and I preached him a top coat that day, you know. And when Diane was singing, the, the, uh, the you know, the, the steam was coming out of him when I preached the steam. I remember looking back, I saw Dan as, just as he was sitting there breathing, the steam coming out of his mouth. And I thought for sure as, as he walked out that day and I shook his hand, I, I, for some reason, I thought, I'll never see this man again. You know, he just, but he's, he's remained faithful and he's been with us, him and his wife, Chris, wonderful people. So I don't think about those that have walked. I'm like the Apostle Paul. I think about somebody like Karen Novak. I'm talking about from the days, people that have been with us now from the days of the school. So if I don't call your name, don't get mad, don't get upset. But but I think about her. She's been on uh, the worship team since 1998 and has been with us and has been faithful and has been an encouragement to Diane and I over these many years. And we're just so grateful for her and, and her faithfulness. I think about Bob Schmidt, who Bob doesn't say much. He's very quiet. But I respect that because when that man speaks, he don't say much, but when he speaks, guess what Pastor Terry does? I listen. Him and Vicky have been with us a long time and we so appreciate them. And uh, then you've got John and Pat Knott who have been with us since the days of the school. And, and uh, John served as an usher and then Pat has labored in prayer for me and my wife. And, and uh, God's assigned her to this ministry to pray. She serves, does the library, which is right over there. A lot of good books and CDs and things. If you haven't taken advantage of that, it's in that room over there. We'd encourage you to do that. But I think about them who have, have you know, remained with us and remained faithful with us. You know, and of course, you know, Brian and, and, and he's been with us and his wife. And thank God for them. I think about Bill and Sandy Ham, you know, who have been with us for... So long. Amen. And had been faithful. And Bill, I think, started as an usher in 98. And it served in the nursery, the worship team. It volunteered in the library, youth helpers. And we're thankful for them. And we have Debbie Patterson. Uh, I don't know if she's able to be here today, but she's been with us since 1999. She did the overhead projector faithfully for years until we put her out of a job and got these projection screens. And then she went to being a door greeter. Amen. Think of Connie Shivers who has been with us since 1999, served as a greeter and oversees the nursery. And Then of course you got you know Judy Davis back there who's been with us. I started as a greeter in 01, 2001. 
How long? That's 10 years. That's a, that's a long time, isn't it? It's a greeter. Praise God. And then does the socials and makes some wonderful, wonderful, good, good things. Amen? Good, good treats. And then you've got Jim Bunton. Some of you may not even know who Jim is, but him and his wife, Barb, have attended here for years and years and years. And he has a tree service. And he's done all the, the work on these trees around here and has never let us pay him a dime for it. For years and years and years. Would have cost the church thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And he sends his crew up from time to time and they do all the pruning. And, and uh, just, just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful man. And I could go on and on. And if I start to mention everybody, then I'm, I'm going to miss somebody. So don't be offended. I just tried to look at some of the ones have been with us since way back yonder. And of course, you know, you can't go down the list without mentioning Dale and Donna Francis, you know. Uh, they've been uh, they've been good people and are good people. And they've sought me out and times when I was low and they'd sit and they'd talk with me. And Sometimes when I was, you know, at times you get, does anybody, has anybody ever been down besides me from time to time? You get down low and they'd be up here cleaning or doing something and and the hours they've spent talking to me and just us talking and talking about this and talking about that and the other and and always a smile on their face. And always, Pastor Terry, we're going to believe God and everything's going to be all right. And I tell you what, there are two people that if they were the only two people you had in your church, you'd have the biggest church in town. Did you hear what I just said? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. And I could mention others. And if I missed you, please show your maturity here today. And don't be offended if I didn't call your name. I didn't sit down and say, well, I'm not going to call this one. I didn't do that. I, I just picked out, tried to pick out some of us that have served faithfully, have always been involved, you know, over all the years. I, I think of Angela Burks there who, uh, I remember I was, I was preaching up, we had got bumped again from... Uh, from the Summit High School, because whenever they'd have an activity, you know, or whatever, we'd get bumped. You know what I mean? Get bumped, we'd have to go to another school. And I was, I was preaching in the Rockwood South cafeteria one night, and it got a little hot and heavy, and, and the Holy Ghost came on me, and I said, you know, when the Holy Ghost comes on a man of God, sometimes it'll offend people. Do you know that? Yeah. Did you hear what I just said? A real man of God will offend people from time to time when he's under the anointing. Did you know that? Well, I won't get into all of that. But I remember she came up after the service and she said, Pastor Terry, you just flow in the anointing and let the chips fall where they may. I still remember that. Amen. And so that's what we do. Amen. Praise God. And I could, I could name others, but... So what, what I do is I think about... I don't think about people that have walked away from me. You know, they walked away from Jesus, didn't they? They walked away from Paul by the droves. I'm, I'm, servant is not above his master. I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. If it happened to him, it's happened to me. It'll happen to anybody that serves God. So like Paul, you don't center on those that walk away. You focus in on 
those who have been faithful and those who remain. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So I, I, I just say thank, thanks to everybody. Amen. Praise God that have served God. And I trust that your real reward one day won't come from me standing here in a pulpit saying thank you, but that it comes from, from uh, the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. And, and please don't be offended if I didn't call your name. It's just I can't get to everybody. But I just tried to get those that have been with us the perhaps the longest. Okay? Amen. Stand with me if you would. Heavenly Father, I pray for these people today. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. Wonderful men and women of God. And if they have, have, as they have been faithful to serve here at this ministry as they've served you here at this work that you've called, I just ask that your blessing and your peace would rest upon them and that none of us would become weary in well-doing, but that we would all continue on and know that we'll reap in the process of time if we faint not. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I ask you to do that before you leave today. You do that by walking forward here when I dismiss and talking to one of these nice people up here and they'll lead you into a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you just need somebody to pray with you, somebody to talk to, that's what these people are up here to do. These are volunteers up here. They volunteer of their time unto the Lord to be here to serve anyone who may have need. And so come if you need to. Maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe, you know, you just just need prayer for something. That's what they're here for. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, today is a day where we get to, when we leave here, go out into that foyer out there. And there's going to be some goodies out there made by Judy. And Janie, of course, helps her. And others help her. And uh, I tell you what, go out there and get in on those goodies and fellowship with one another. Amen? All right, you're dismissed. God bless you. Guys, God bless, God bless. Hi, God bless you, God bless you. I love you, God bless, God bless. Bless God.